Are there any players on the Arizona Cardinals that are worth buying this offseason? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. You can check her out on Twitter at Kate Majuk. Kate, today we are taking a look at the Arizona Cardinals heading into the 2023 season. We are going to go through some buys, some sells, and some holds. First question, is there anybody worth buying for this Arizona Cardinals team? <laughs> uh, you know what? I actually think there might be. So, like, let's just talk about the the Cardinals here for a brief minute because I don't think there's any any – team that we're expecting to take a bigger nosedive in 2023 uh, in terms of like their expectations heading into 2022 things were sky high you had the upside of Kyler Murray who had been paid you had uh, mm-hmm. what seemed to be a competent coaching staff like it, it seemed like things were coming together in 2022 but it just never came together uh, season just never came to fruition uh, you knew that there were rumblings uh, all season long, pretty much. Kevin Stefan or uh, uh, Cliff uh, Kingsbury, oh yeah, Cliff Kingsbury. Thank you. Yep. Uh, Kevin Stefanski apparently on my mind this uh, beautiful Monday morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like Cliff Kingsbury, the the rumblings there. There was some weird stuff with the GM, like, but they've cleaned house effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyler Murray, unfortunately, out with a torn ACL, suffered at the end of last year. The expectations have been never lower for this team, and it's definitely reflected right now in the average draft position for each of these players for Dynasty. So, you know what? Like, I think honestly, Marcus, and I'm going to get into this with the cells, you could make an argue that argument that there's not a lot of risk in buying any of these players, to be totally we, We've frank. seen almost every single one of their offensive players see their dynasty value just suppressed right across the board this offseason because number one i think this offense is just going to run less plays or fewer plays than we've seen in the last couple years with cliff and with the uncertainty at quarterback like is it going to be clayton toon throwing balls to michael Um, wilson and hollywood brown early in the season maybe and i and i think that's the hard part here so we're we're projecting what this offense looks like with a new quarterback and a new play caller. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. But I do think that like, this is a time to remind ourselves that dynasty is the long game, not necessarily the short game, even though the short game outlook for this team is absolutely dreadful. Rough. This is where you look at the team and say, are there any like talented players that I believe in? I think you could make an argument for Kyler Murray currently sitting at quarterback 12, Um, I think he's starting to fall in terms of that ADP just because of the concerns. Like if they have the number one overall pick in 2020, 2024, like is that Caleb Williams? Do they just scrap it? Cause we've, we've already seen them do it, right? Like we've already seen them take their lumps and move on. Um, But I'm going to, I'm going to make the the, uh, argument here for wide receiver, Michael Wilson, rookie wide receiver, Michael Wilson, who uh, 
I I liked quite a bit in terms of like the value here um, for for what the Cardinals were able to get. Uh, wasn't necessarily projected as a super high pick, but they got him in uh, end of the third round, pick ninety four overall. Uh, but a guy that's had a lot of in- injury struggles over his uh, career, very unfortunately, out of Stanford. Um, just this past season had 421 receiving yards, four touchdowns uh, before having his season once again and prematurely, but just a, a, a solid, solid build of a wide receiver, 209, 62, just a, one of these bigger guys, but he moves super, super yeah. well. Um, he, he moves like a guy, uh, smaller than he is. And I, I love his route running. I love his physicality um, and, and the way that, that he's able to, to just make physical plays. Um, I, I, I like his athletic profile. I think, it, you know, all around Michael Wilson is a guy that, you know, I could picture being a, a center point of this offense, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially with the departure of DeAndre Hopkins, especially knowing that, um, you know, we're not going to expect anything out of Michael Wilson from the get, uh, especially considering the quarterback position. I think he's a good enough route runner that, you know, biding that time with whoever is going to be throwing him the ball uh, in this next year, it like I'm I'm willing to buy in and especially take that discount knowing that we're probably, I, I think we'll probably maybe see Kyler Murray this season. And if we don't, if it's Caleb Williams throwing him the ball, yeah. okay. Like, you know, you're going to see that ADP absolutely climb. But I do think from a consistency standpoint, when I'm projecting Michael Wilson, like obviously you can make the argument for Marquise Brown. Uh, we've seen a, an incredibly high ceiling, but I think we've also seen a, a relatively low floor. I think, Michael Wilson is a a cheaper version of that with yep. maybe not quite as high of a ceiling, but a low enough or a, a high enough ceiling to make it worth it. So a couple things here. First of all, the draft capital. Uh, we we kind of thought maybe he would go early day three. He goes in round three, which that matters with the whole new front office. Them spending a top 100 pick on Michael Wilson just makes me feel better about it. The draft capital does matter. Um, on top of that, Let's look at some of the other investments they've made. Uh, they they traded for Hollywood Brown a year ago, but that was with a different GM, right? Uh, Rondale Moore was drafted by a different front office. Now, Greg Dorch was somebody that they did bring back, but I don't think Greg Dorch is really a threat to steal snaps from Michael Wilson, which brings me to the other point is you look at the three receivers that are currently ahead of Michael Wilson on the depth chart. The biggest, or let me excuse, let me say that the the tallest starting <laughs> receiver for the Arizona Cardinals right now is Hollywood Brown at five foot eight. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm, that is a fact. That is the, the 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 heaviest starting receiver for the Arizona Cardinals right now is Rondell Moore at one eighty one. This team desperately needs size, right? Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, and Greg Dortch don't provide that. Uh, so he's going to be able to play on the outside. I've got a feeling that one of those receivers between Brown, Moore, and Dorch is going to get phased out of the lineup. So 
I don't know what type of production you're going to see this year from Michael Wilson, but man, there's just a huge hole on this roster for somebody who can play on the outside. They can give them a little bit of size and could potentially be a red zone option for them. Yeah. I, I, the size is definitely a huge consideration. Just given the, the, the depth chart that they have in place at this point, like you mentioned, um, now, we don't have updated ADP for the month of June just yet. That should be coming over on DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Uh, but it, last month, and again, this is prior to the release of DeAndre Hopkins, so take that with a grain of salt, but wide receiver 78. Yep. There's not, there's no risk in, in buying into Michael Wilson at this point. You know well, what, really you know what you're, Yeah. Rondale Moore going as wide receiver 62. There's just no way that I'm taking Rondale Moore after we've seen him for multiple years in the NFL over Michael Wilson, right? Oh, not, not even a, a, he's been a flash in the pan and I get it. Like he's an exciting player, but again, like when we're considering viable fantasy options, who has a chance to be, um, you know, somebody that's useful, right? Somebody that's useful. Like, Rondell Moore, we've seen his role and he is the gadget player. He is the guy that, yeah, you're, you're going to maybe get the ball in his hands and, and see what he can do after the catch. But, you know, in terms of like air yards that you're actually going to be targeted down the field to offer you some upside, that's non-existent. No. Um, give me Michael Wilson, especially at that price. But again, you're, you're going to have to go into this with zero expectations for 2023 Hmm. that like it's a lost season move on um but i do think this is uh, you know perhaps a time to buy and just stash because i i don't want to take the risk that like if this season starts going south we realize caleb williams is in the cards and then suddenly the adp for these receivers start to go up because we know the upside of caleb williams or drake Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about a receiver that I'm trying to sell right now when we get back. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That is $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. I still think right now is the best time to bet on the Nuggets to win the uh, NBA championship. I I saw the odds this morning of them to win the series, and it's man, it's still juicy. I don't care that it's 1-1. I, I still love the Nuggets. There is no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. We want to thank you for making Lockdown Dynasty your first listen of the day. Every day, Matt and Ryan will be back on Tuesday and Wednesday to continue our NFC West uh, preview. They're going to tell you about some of their favorite buys and sells, so make sure you tune in for that. Kate, I want to talk about some sells for the Cardinals because the one that just jumps off the sheet for me is Hollywood Brown, who is being drafted as wide receiver uh, 32 right now in Dynasty League football. I won't even be surprised if that goes up once we get some new ADP. But only one career 1,000-yard season. He struggled to stay healthy. Now he's in a situation with likely poor quarterback play this year. I wonder if he's a candidate to get traded like midway through the season um, to a team that maybe wants to add a little bit more speed uh, because I just I don't know how he fits in long-term with the Cardinals. I, I if I could flip him for 
Oh man, there's so many receivers. George Pickens, who's going two spots behind him. I would do that all day. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I, I think we're gonna see sort of maybe a, a temporary bump, uh, just given the the absence of DeAndre Hopkins. Because I mean, you're looking at this receiver core. We just mentioned it. Uh, like you're you're gonna assume that Marquise Brown could be, you know, headed for ten targets a game, and. Nine times out of 10, if you hear a receiver is going to get 10 targets a game, you're going to be all in on that guy, right? But like, this is a moment where I think you have to look at like the efficiency metrics and and think, you know, obviously we know there's a lot of upside here, but we saw a pretty big drop off in production without Kyler Murray here in this offense. That's the biggest concern here. And uh, you know, like interestingly enough, um, you know, obviously like without Kyler Murray lost every single game, like there was no upside for this team, but it, you know, Mar- Marquise Hollywood Brown for as much, uh, speed as he brings, he's not, he doesn't have the build of a true wide receiver nope. one. He just doesn't. It, it- and we're going into his age 26 season and it hasn't really happened. And he's played with good quarterbacks playing with Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. Like he's had opportunities. It just hasn't really turned into anything that you can consistently rely on from week to week. So my strategy is, and has been, I'm going to go to other owners in my league or managers in my league and say, Hey, this guy's going to get 10 plus targets a game without DeAndre Hopkins here. Just take him." Give me, give me somebody who's going to get you know fewer targets like George Pickens, uh, because that's that's a trade that I'm trying to make all day long. And man, there's there's so many receivers that are even being drafted behind him that I like more. Like you can get Jahan Dotson at wide receiver 35, Christian Kirk at wide receiver 37. Uh, I even like Rashad Bateman at wide receiver 39, all more than Hollywood Brown. I just I, I can see his value really cratering by October November. This is one of those things that, again, I think it might depend on sort of your situation. If you need, um, I hate to call Marquise Brown a, a year one loner because I do think he's he's very talented on the field, brings a ton to the the receiver position that's not necessarily size. But um, last year in games with Kyler Murray, averaged almost 16 PPR points per game. Now. Some of those games did have DeAndre Hopkins uh, missing for a period of time. So that's where this projection becomes a lot trickier. But without Kyler Murray, Marcus averaged 36 receiving yards per game, seven PPR points. Um, like it just almost unrosterable. You- like in your redraft leagues, like you could literally drop him and you wouldn't have been losing anything. Yeah, like that. You know, you see just how low the floor is uh, for for Marquise Brown without Kyler Murray there. Um, now, again, like you're going to see some bump in targets, but you have to worry about that efficiency. Now, is there, is think, there any part of you that's going to hold on to him in the case that they happen to draft Caleb Williams at number one next year? And it's like, oh, hey, we've got the best quarterback prospect in the years to come out and he's going to be throwing the ball to Hollywood down the field. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm making the case that I'm holding all of these players, Marcus. Like I took a look at the ADP for every single player who I think could reasonably touch the ball in, in Arizona right now, Kyler Murray, QB 12. Okay. Um, sure. Uh, James Connor, who's probably like it, if, 
you know, in terms we'll of get to him. per game. Yeah, we'll get to him. But RB38, Keontae Ingram, who I'm sure will probably touch the ball, RB80, Marquise Brown, wide receiver 32, Rondell Moore 62, mm-hmm. Michael Wilson 78, Greg Dorch 107, uh, Trey McBride, tight end 19. Like, there is no value in really selling any of these players, I'd argue, because you're not – you're not getting much return uh, when we're balancing out uh, the potential for maybe volume, even if that's low efficiency volume versus, you know, potential future opportunity, whether that be with Caleb, Mill- Caleb Williams, Drake may, or a, a healthy Kyler Murray, like what is the upside in selling any of these players? Cause I don't really see it. Well, I just think for Hollywood, there's a chance that his value just completely craters and tanks over the next 12 months, right? Because I know how dynasty managers think because I happen to be one, right? Like once he gets over that age of 26 and it's another year without a thousand yards, your value just, you know, it falls off the face of the earth, right? So I want to trade him now before the year starts and just try to get some kind of similar value uh, because I just, I, I just don't see it him ever hitting to the point where I feel comfortable starting him week to week in my dynasty. But uh, I can, I did want to ask you about one other player as a sell before we, we move on. You mentioned Trey McBride, who I believe is tight at 19. The last time uh, I checked, he's only 23 years old. Now he is going to be splitting snaps with the corpse of Zacherts this year, but uh, I know Are you, would you sell him at 19? Or are you just going to hold on to him? I'm going to hold on to him. See, like coming out of, of college, right? We had him firmly in line for tight end one of the 2022 NFL draft class, firmly in position. Now, when you looked at the efficiency of him all season long, like it performed just across the board as one of the poorest tight ends in this entire draft class in 2022 Mm -hmm. uh one of the worst receiving grades out of all of the tight ends in this class like just wasn't overly productive um and wasn't efficient in the opportunities he got um for the 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 gap in perceived talent as a prospect versus how he performed i'm i still want to see another season of, of reconciling those two um, interestingly, his ADP really hasn't dropped since no. his rookie season. Um, it was tight end 17 last year, tight end 19 this year. Um, I'm just kind of holding cause it, every single player in the similar range, uh, of Trey McBride feels like an equivalent dart throw. So I'll take the youth. I'll take the, the perspective upside. Yeah. And I think his kind of best trait coming out of school was his ability to win after the catch. And if it happens to be you know, Colt McCoy or Clayton Toon. I got a feeling they're just going to want to get the ball out of their hands as quick as possible. And maybe that's where we see more of Trey McBride, you know, having success this year. So I agree. I think at tight end 19, he's a hole. Okay, let's talk about James Conner and what you should do with him in your dynasty leagues next. All right, Kate, let's talk about James Conner, who has been a really solid fantasy player for the last couple of years, even in Arizona. Uh, but now we're getting to the point where getting up there in age on a team that doesn't have a great offensive line on an offense, it's likely not to score a lot of points this year. What are you doing with James Conner at RB 38? 
if I'm in a win now window, Marcus, I'm, I'm holding him. Um, if I'm not, I'm also probably holding him. Uh, he's just across the board, a hold for me. And I think it comes down to a, so like if you're in a contending window, you're probably not going to find any cheaper production from a running back this season. You know, when he's on the field, he's a locked and loaded starter, just too involved as a receiver, um, had seven games last season with five or more targets. I don't think that changes, uh, especially with the loss of DeAndre Hopkins this season. Um, the concern obviously comes with the lack of depth at the running back position, because if they run James Conner into the ground, uh, you're not going to have him for long. But Marcus, at, you know, what did I say? RB30? Um, you're RB not 38, RB 38, my apologies, yeah. um, RB 38, it's going to be really, really difficult to find another player that has potential to touch the ball. Um, you know, I'd argue at minimum 200 well, times this season, um, uh, with and let, as and much... let's, let's just be honest. Nobody's trading for James Conner in your leagues, right? Like, yeah. I mean, could you try to flip him for somebody like of comparable value? Maybe, but. That tra- those trades just aren't going to happen, right? So you're better off just holding him and basically just using his value up this year, knowing that you're going to have to probably go down with a ship on this one. But that's okay because I do think there is a lot of value like in knowing that somebody's going to get 17 touches every single week. And what you can do with James Conner, I think this is the beauty. Even if you are in a rebuild mode, I do think you need to hold on to James Conner for the moment uh, and because I think there's going to be a point this season, as long as he's still healthy, obviously, where there's an injury to, uh, you know, maybe a, one of the running backs on another contending roster. And suddenly you have James Conner, who is going to touch the yep. ball, you know, 17 times a game. Suddenly, James Conner never holds more value okay. than he has in the last two yep. seasons. And I think that's that's the way I'm playing James Conner. But um it's going to be hard. You're going to be hard pressed to find another running back in that range with as much uh, potential volume as James Conner could see this season. Yeah. I mean, and he's going to be the unquestioned goal line back. There's nobody else there that's going to be able to eat into his goal line touches. So it's going to be ugly. Like I'm just, we're just warning you now. Like if you're watching the game, it's going to be incredibly frustrating <laughs> watching James Conner. But I, at the end of the day, I won't be surprised if he has a lot of these games of 19 touches, 62 yards, and a touchdown, and it's RB2 production, a really hard and ugly, unspectacular way. Yep. Yeah. Uh, All right, so just to recap, we are by Michael Wilson at wide receiver 78 because every other receiver on this roster is 5'8", 171 pounds. He's got some upside there that we like that, you know, and again, this is the front office that invested a top 100 pick in in him. Uh, Go buy him now while he's still, still cheap. I'm selling Hollywood Brown at wide receiver 32. I think Kate's a little bit more reluctant to do that. So uh, I want to hear your thoughts on that one. And then on James Conner, we're holding because you're just not going to get anything from him in a trade right now. But I think he can still give you some really solid production this season. Who knows about the future there? Uh, We want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Again, every day is Matt and Ryan. We'll be back on Tuesday and Wednesday to continue our NFC West previews. So be on the lookout for that. You can follow the show on YouTube. We are free and available on all platforms. Follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Magic. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we will see you guys next time.